Hey everyone, and welcome to the FLA Cat Hockey Podcast. This is your host David Rodriguez with my co-host Ryan Keelan and Kirby Lupel. Ryan, it's been a while since we chatted. It's been a while since I've seen you at the games, but it looks like what? Home, it looks like the home schedule is finally turning in our favor. With so many road games, I, I I see you every once every blue moon, but now with I think it's like fifteen out of the last twenty two games at home. Uh, I'm sure I'll be seeing you a lot more. How we doing, my friend? I'm good, but first of all, I I was at the last home game the Panthers had, and I believe the one before that. So that's that's preposterous what you're saying there. The last but home I'm, game I'm you, were, you were live tweeting a lot or sending a lot of stuff in the Discord chat, weren't you, Ryan? Oh yeah, it was. Against the game Colorado, was that again? Yeah, Colorado. Colorado. And then I went to the San Jose. I didn't go to Tampa, but uh, everything's good. How are you guys doing? I'm, I'm doing good. good. I'm doing good. Lots to break down here. We haven't chatted in a while. We haven't chatted a lot lately either. You guys have both been kind of busy. But now I'm wondering, like, David, you're going to be going to all of these home games, eight of nine at home. Panthers don't leave the state of Florida till March 29th. The only away game, I believe, is Tampa Bay. Yeah, for sure. I'm really excited. It starts starts tomorrow or today, whenever you guys are listening on this February 19th, um, against Anaheim, a a team that we should be comfortable uh, after the first period. We should be up at least two goals, in my opinion. I think it's something that you need to, you know, get into Anaheim's head. They're just here, you know, just swinging on by. They're not thinking about getting two points in Florida because the Florida Panthers need these points. Obviously a disappointing result in Nashville, a game that we didn't think was as important as the Washington game, but still would have been nice to get at least, you know, a point in Nashville, knowing that Nashville isn't particularly the, you know, the best opponent, but yeah, obviously a 7-3 loss there it has a bad taste in our mouth coming into this home quick little home stand but like you said Kirby we're we're just here and then we go to Tampa and then we're straight back home um for at least 3 weeks in a row um to to at least get a nice push going before the trade deadline uh comes in. So yeah, I mean obviously we knew the Washington game was probably going to be the most important game of the trip. It was a nice result in Minnesota to get a shootout victory. I think Bark Vlissarinen got the only goal in regulation, and then Barkov and Lindell had two f- spectacular moves uh, in the shootout to get those two points. And then we went to St. Louis, and a lot of people have been talking about, you know, Lion, Knight, Guzda, you know, who should be right behind Bobrovsky. And Knight's been called up, you know, since he got healthy again and laid an egg in, in St. Louis, guys. I, I don't know if you guys are – are a little worried about night. I know a lot of guys in our community are worried about night. How are you guys feeling about night right now? For sure. Ryan. Um, yeah, it's, it's troubling, but both of our goaltenders aren't, you know, having the best year so far. Like their, their stats are basically the same to be honest, but, uh, you got to ride with night. You can't go back to lion at this point. Um, Spencer's got to be the number two, but Bobrovsky definitely has to play like 80% of the games. I think moving forward. I talked about it yesterday in our spaces post-game, the Nashville game. Of course, things didn't go well in net there, David, with Bob allowing the first shot on goal in. Um, Knight came in. He didn't get really any help from his team, so the team didn't get a bump there. When they went to the backup, he allowed that second goal, that rocket blast by Yossi. Um, what also was troubling about yesterday was the defense that we can maybe get into later or another time. But Knight, we talked about him very much in depth with the organization. We had Ben come in from the UK who doesn't really join our spaces a lot because of the time zone differences. He's wanted to know like, 
what was Knight's progression prior? What were who were his goaltending coaches kind of in the U.S. development program? Is he lacking confidence right now? Is it something structurally with him? Is it just that he's having you know an off year because of his health yeah. and illness? It's all of these things kind of contributing. But I think moving forward, Rob Tallis, which everyone <laughs> Brian can comment on this, he he knows a little bit more on Tallis. Um, it's probably going to be sticking around for the foreseeable future, especially with Bob still being the guy there. Um, I think Bob's had probably a pretty good relationship with him, but you start to wonder, David, I'm not talking bust at this time. I'm not losing faith in him per se, but you start to wonder, are the pieces around him in place for him to play his best hockey for him to be his most successful? I think it's been a write-off year for Knight. Um, this off season is going to be very telling and kind of what he shows us next year. But like Ryan says, you can't sit 4.5 million. I don't think down in the minors you, you you've got, I think he needs to hit Jake Ottinger and, and further along Tuka Rask levels to really earn this contract and show that he's a franchise goalie. Mm -hmm. But right now there is a lot more questions and answers on Spencer Knight. Yeah, I agree. I mean, just knowing that he's been ill and he's been injured. And then when he comes in, he hasn't been able to, you know, get, you know, three games in a row or four games in a row. I think the last time he played two games in a row were back in December. Um, other than that, they've been, you know, one and in, one and in, and then injured and then sick and then stuff like that hasn't been able to give him any sort of like consistent play. And even when he went down to the AHL, I think he only played, he had a shutout in one of the appearances. And then in the next game, I think he let in four or five and they were like, okay, you're coming back. And you know, he hasn't been able to get much of a, a trend or a consistent, you know, go with the cats, you know, in, in an extended period of time. Bobrovsky's done a little bit better. Um, like you said, Ryan, the nights the numbers are still similar to nights as far as you know, save percentage and goals against and stuff like that. They're they're not it's not like one is outshined any of any of them this year. Even Lyon when he was here. Uh, you know, he, I think, won three out of the six games that he was here. And his numbers are worse than, were worse. Yeah, than his Bobrovsky's. numbers weren't great. His numbers were worse than Bobrovsky's and Knights have yeah. been uh, all year. Yeah, they were against better opponents like New York. Pittsburgh at the time was was playing really strong. Um, I think we played L.A. in one of his last games. Boston was his last uh, appearance when we played before the All-Star game. So he had tough opponents, but... You know, like you said, Kirby, we've talked about it a lot. Is is the defense kind of the common denominator here? You know, goalies are goalies. They they're professionals for a reason. You know, if the guys in front of him aren't helping them out, then that's where it's like, okay, the goalie can only do so much. You know, I'm easier on the goalies, but the defense. If you look at it on paper, and you know, the players that I love or other people that love, you know, Ekblad or Montour or Forsling, I just don't think they have the right pairings and partners. And where Zito's been up against the cap, I think there's pieces that are missing there, namely a partner for Aaron Ekblad, where we can slot Forsling down the lineup with either Montour or another partner. And uh -huh. then you look at Gudis and Mark Stahl, and as much as they've been good professionals through their years, are they reaching the twilights of their careers, namely Mark Stahl, but maybe Gudis as well. Is he going to be moved towards the deadline or is he not going to be brought back by the Panthers. I think Zito has to definitely look at two defensemen to strengthen this roster. And if you strengthen your back end, your goaltending in all likelihood will look better too. So I don't really know how much we've really helped Bob and Knight this year when right. you can look at that in net. But yeah, they have some accountability too, Ryan and David, with the numbers. Like if you look at their goaltending numbers versus other goaltending teams, and people have argued at me on Twitter this past week, David and Ryan, that we have an average or an above average defensive core. I don't see that. 
I totally That's ridiculous that. take. I think it is, but there's people out there that were coming at me this week on Twitter and blaming the goalies and blaming the forwards for not, you know, um, producing like they have in previous years, but look at how much goals we've scored and different things like that. And yeah, I think Lundell and Barkoff need to do a better job defensively. I don't think this is one of their best years. I know Ryan, you've been on Lundell. I'll be critical of Barkoff on that. I don't think he's playing a Selkie level year, but you need everyone yeah. to kind of help the goaltending. And I think the crux of this team right now from being a wild card bubble team to next year, being a top three Atlantic team is improving the defense. And one thing that I don't like is people are writing night off completely. Like you could say he's having a bad year, but he's okay. He's not having like a Carter Hart or like a Bennington start. But remember we got rid of Jacob Markstrom because he struggled the first few years here, you know, yep. and I, I understand we had to trade him, but you know, he turned out to be like a really good goaltender, you know, at age 25, 26 mm-hmm. night is 21 goalies and defensemen take, take longer to develop than forward. So, you know, people need to remember that. Cause I think Ru- people are giving up on that way too quick. Even, even Ru- Mon- Ru- I would point. say, I would say here quick, Kirby, even Montembeau. I was just going to say this, David, yeah. words from Mont- my mouth. And even some people like Cody were saying Reimer's numbers too. Yeah, Montebo is even though he's on a, a bad Calgary or a Canadian team, his numbers are relatively good for what what they've been. You know, the record shows. So, like, remember said, last year the saves defense. above expected or whatever category, David, that we broke down the summer, how it was so bad for Montebo and how he's turned it around this year with Montreal and some of those mm-hmm. defensemen in Montreal, those young defensemen like Baron and these guys. You're like, where are you coming up with these names, Kirby? And now Wi-Fi. And you have a guy like Gooley that's been hurt in Montreal. Montreal is looking very promising because of that blue line and some of those youngsters that have stepped in and taken spots. We haven't had that in Florida with our prospects. And we didn't have that this year when we moved Uyghur out and really didn't replace him, David. So, David, Ryan, and I know, Ryan, you have a little history with this guy. Does it come on the shoulders of Talis when players leave this organization, namely goalies? You know, that's his position as a goaltending coach, and they are succeeding in other places. I think so. I mean, Talis has been here for uh, as long as I can remember. And 2009? I think, yeah, Roberto Luongo's time was nice, but we haven't had a goalie that's kind of competed amongst the best of them since probably Vokun, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, we had Jose Theodores, the Clemensons, uh, the Rhymers, all these names that you can think of, Markstrom, Luongo. None of them were playing at close to anywhere you know top five goalies uh when they were with us so i i don't know it's tough it's tough because goaltending is always the toughest um in my book to really judge because i think goaltending is also a very team-based um position just it can be cyclical it can go from year to year right david like last year montable was down and this year if you look at his numbers he's up like he was bottom half of the league this year he's top half i think with goals expected above expected and stats like that so it's a very difficult position to kind of Garner, I'm not going to push the the warning button on night right now, but, you know, there's got to be things that have to be proved, improved within this organization, and I guess we're going to see that this summer. Yeah, Ryan, I don't know if you had anything on Talis there. No, I mean, I don't, I don't know much about, like, you know, goalie coaches, but it, he's been there that long, and, you know, we've, we have had pretty average goaltending since I can – I can remember since, you know, other than Luongo, like what David said, mm-hmm. all those guys you name were just you know, like slightly above average, you know, some of them. Jose Theodore was good, but Al maybe McToya. it's time to get a new face no. in there. Oh, Toya. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't mind him. One. I didn't mind him. Well, we're even you going back further. You know I hated the most? Who? Because everyone hyped him up so much and they thought he was amazing was Tim Thomas. 
<laughs> I never understood that. that People were like, but he was at the twilight, twilight, twilight of his yeah. career. They were gonna try to play him with Luongo, and then they kind of moved him on. Yeah, that's Dallas right. Of... That's right. That's right. People <laughs> were acting like he was our savior. <laughs> but if our goaltending in the minor leagues we won't go deep into this here guys but like matt guzda who people are projecting as maybe a possible starter at the nhl level and maybe the very least a backup nhl goalie if he comes up and has good numbers in charlotte then comes up with florida next year or the year after and his numbers start to fail then aren't you looking at rob tallis you're looking at the professional development because we're doing a good job with that goaltending factory with louis luongo roberto luongo Francois Allaire drafting these goalies one that we moved along David that you were talking about earlier in the week um, Devin Levi that we moved in the Sam Reinhardt deal he's putting up huge numbers in college mm -hmm. this year so we're doing a good job drafting and somewhat developing these guys but when they come up they're just not hitting like we expect them to right because our defense sucks okay. yeah that's what I'm saying it's like it, and, and hockey, it. hockey is just such a different sport because it's so it's so action packed back and forth. There's always chances every minute. There's at least a chance or so, you know, it, it's very difficult to play a perfect game like you can in, in soccer or something, because it's just such a bigger field. Uh, the, the game is played a different way in hockey. It's like, that's why it makes it so attractive though. It's just so many scoring options, so many scoring chances, so many different calls that help teams score and stuff like that. So I've been saying it for years. It, it's very difficult for a goalie to, to survive longer than five years in the NHL right now, because look at our last three games, Kirby, you're, you're, you'd, you'd, you'd be shivering right now because every game has gone over and you'd be down so much money because the one, the one game you were hype about with Minnesota, you're like, aha, the under finally hit the overs hit. I think nine out of the last Kirby loves, Kirby games. loves that. Yeah, other than the Sharks game, the Wild game, it looks like a lot of overs here. Yeah, you know, so it's it's kind of becoming that kind of league, in my opinion. So I I don't know. It's very tough and to judge. But I think the Panthers have been playing, I, I want to say, a little bit better, to be honest. I mean, yeah, that game in Nashville sucked, but we took it to Washington. Got a little dicey at the end. But I think of the teams that we're battling right now, if Duclair can come back and come in and, and cause a spark that we really need, um, if Bennett can be a little bit you know healthier, I think he was day-to-day, -day, should be back for Friday against Buffalo. Um, I, I think I'm a bit, and I think I speak for a lot of the fans out there, a little bit more optimistic right now than what I was, let's say, two weeks ago. Yeah, we've played a lot more games than everyone else, Kirby. I know you shared a tweet if you want to mention that yeah i got some numbers um, on that in a second here how we've played you know i think this you said the same amount of games at this turning time frame but everyone else has played about three or four less um yep. which is I've very got, uh, strange panthers are even in games david last year at the 60 game pace to everyone else and i know where florida was last year top of the standings but at this point last year february 19th february 20th they were only a few points ahead of Tampa Bay. So it wasn't like they were running away with the East, kind of like Boston is this year by 12, 13, 15 mm -hmm. points. So they were even at games with pretty much every team in the playoff position, one through eight last year. This year, we've played more than four or five games than teams that we're competing with in the wildcard spots. So like Buffalo and Detroit and um, is it Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, I think is in there as well. So last mm -hmm. year's wildcard team was ninth place. At this point of last season, they were nine points out. It was the Columbus Blue Jackets. The 10th place wow. team last year in the East was 18 points out. We're not talking back of the Panthers at first place. We're talking of a playoff spot. Mm -hmm. The 10th place New York Islanders were about 18 points out at this point of last year. So this is where my optimism comes in 
David, a lot of people in the Panthers community after these bad losses, they've been ugly losses, are losing a lot of faith. I've had people today on Twitter say, I have no faith left, Kirby. Mm -hmm. And I just can't see that, David, when you look at the raw numbers and look at the position of teams last year fighting for a playoff spot versus the teams this year. I think it's people looking at it in our own bubble, coming off a president's trophy year, saying we shouldn't be this bad, but not looking at the teams around us. And Ryan, as you would say, these teams are mid. Like I'm not scared of a lot of these teams outside of a Crosby Penguins. I'm not scared of a lot of these teams. Washington, they're not even playing with Ovechkin and some players right now in their lineup. And we we said it. It was going to be this year, you know, top to bottom in the East. We said that in our preview. I remember yep. very well. And saying there was it wasn't going to be like last year. And uh, after after tomorrow's game, the uh, Sabers are going to have six games in hand over us. They're going to be at 54. We're going to be at 60, which Whoa. is kind of nuts. And then. <laughs> In mm-hmm. February, right, and no, co- it's not a COVID year, Ryan. It's like a normal. Right, I don't know what the hell the schedule makers were doing there. And and I would even be as bold to say that I would. I I think Ottawa, I, they're back in the mix, guys. They're at fifty-five. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're fans. You see their fans on Twitter today. Oh, they're, they're counting like wins and like they're we're at still fifty-five. There are fifty-five games, and there are fifty-eight points, which puts them about five points behind current current second seed wild card holder the islanders with again four games in hand on the islanders so i wouldn't count ottawa just yet out they're seven two one in the last ten detroit seven three seven three and oh in the last ten buffalo six three and one we're five four and one what just to add on Ottawa, they could be buyers really quickly here. They could be buyers. They're looking for a new downtown rink. Ryan Reynolds, their general manager, his job could be somewhat on the line this summer, next summer. So they could be very aggressive at the trade deadline. Right? Would you guys agree Pittsburgh is a lock for that top wild card spot? I felt that this year. Yeah, you guys. I think I think they have it. Yeah, I think both of you guys were really high on them. And as soon as I said I was very low on them, they went on that crazy run. Uh, you guys they're one of the few teams david just to interrupt they could win seven eight of their next ten and i don't know a lot of the other teams including the panthers can necessarily win like eight of ten so there's 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 two teams that are done there's seven teams that are technically battling for one spot right now islanders capitals panthers buffalo detroit and ottawa that's six i'm sorry six that are uh you guys are locking in pittsburgh i guess so there's only one spot left no one else is catching anybody else in the top three in the Atlantic and the Metro. So Unless Pittsburgh face a lot of injuries to Malkin or Crosby, something unforeseen. Okay, so we'll say seven. We'll say seven are still in that mix for two spots in the wild card. Uh, I mean, has, has that ever happened? I don't, I can't remember any type of season where it's been this close, where the first wild card spot at 63 points and the team that we're putting at the bottom is 58 points, five points separate seven teams for two spots. With crazy games in hand that David and Ryan, you guys have mentioned with Pittsburgh playing four less and Buffalo playing five less than some teams. I have, I have two teams right around there that I think are are not going to be sniffing it by the end of the year. First one is the Washington capitals. Mm. They're trash. And then the other one is the Sabres. Like they can score, but they just can't stop anyone. I think that I was watching the game against the sharks last night. Uh-huh. And I think they only had eight shots after two periods against the Sharks, who allow uh, probably the most goals in the league. I think those two teams 
And I don't think Buffalo makes a move. Washington probably can't make a move. Um, Ryan, Ryan, you know how we're so critical of the Panthers on these slow starts or bad games? Mm-hmm. What about the Sabres when they're playing the Calgary Flames there, what, two weekends ago? And they're being outshot like 18 to four and the game's close yeah. because Flames have issues in net and they allow so many early goals. But they that was on their home ice. They don't have experience. They don't have, they're not ready yet. They're, they're not, not ready, ready at all. compared to these other teams. So if nope. Washington got healthy, which I agree with what you're saying there, Ryan, on Washington, but if Washington gets cool. healthy, Pittsburgh is who they are. These are teams with experience. Even Florida, what experience they've had over the last couple of years, have more experience than Buffalo. So that's why I'm not, again, super pessimistic on us making a playoff run here um, down the stretch. I mean, the Islanders, think- guys, you got to remember, the Islanders have been, they were just in the Eastern Conference uh, championship one game from the Stanley Cup two years ago, but no they, trots anymore. They had like good, a- well, I'm saying they've had good runs in the past uh four years that I would still consider them playoff experienced teams. Okay. I, I still think they've got the meat, the majority of the, the teams that went on those runs. I still think I'd be more scared if they had trots though. Oh, yeah, for sure. But they have the disciple of trots, which was his assistant coach. So no. I, I, I would still think they have some sort of uh confidence coming in with the islanders for sure and adding bo horvat which i'm with you david you know they bolstered that offensive play that they were desperately missing uh so the islanders are still looking pretty nice although uh you know they've been playing 500 the last 10 games i still would think the islanders are very very dangerous um in the Metro for sure. And to battle for that second wildcard spot, I think you guys would agree, right? And David and Ryan, remember those teams that are battling for the Metro, they're right now like 12 points back of the Rangers. So they don't have any hope of jumping up in their division, just like we don't in our division. So this exactly. is all for the wild card. Exactly. Yeah. I think, I think it's us or the Islanders. I mean, I don't know if the Islanders can make another move. Do you guys know? But I mean, it's honestly going to be up to how big, because we obviously don't have any cap to make a move. So it's going to be up to, do we get a uh, 30 goal Duclair regular season mm-hmm. last year, or do we get playoff Duclair who gets benched and had like, yep. I think three points all playoffs. So what type That's of addition will that be huge. for us, Ryan? And I'd love to make an addition on the back end, but I don't know if we even have the room to do that. I don't think we can. Right. Especially just bringing Duclair in. I don't know. There's still questions to be answered because we don't know how the situation is going to play out. Who's going to be sent down. Who can be, who's going to be waived, you know, stuff, something's going to happen. Matter. because. There's no room. I'm just saying there's no room that as, yeah. of, as of the current present day, if Duclair were to play tomorrow, they just physically can't put him in because they don't have the, the cap space to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see. Um, but I think, like I've said, I'm a little bit more optimistic on the way the Panthers have been playing. We know that they've got the heavy home schedule coming up, uh, like we've mentioned before. Um, I'm still optimistic on on the way that we could potentially finish the season. I mean, guys – I don't think Boston's slowing down. I don't think Toronto's slowing down. I don't think Tampa's slowing down. So all we can realistically look for right We're now not is, catching them. is a wild card spot for sure, you know. And even in the Metro, I think Carolina continues to play excellent hockey. They're probably playing just as good as, as uh, Boston is. And it's probably a record season for them, and it's being underlooked because of just how good Boston's been playing. Kirby, I don't know if you've watched – too much of Carolina, but they've got 10 losses in 55 games. Yep. Uh, they're, they're a juggernaut yet again. And those are my preseason picks to, to at least represent yep. the East. I was with you there with the Eastern conference. I think you might've had Florida kind of in that running, but I kind of had uh 
probably Tampa, Carolina, Eastern Conference final if I had to look at it. I know how hot New Jersey started. Yeah. Um, Ryan mentioned off the air in the West how hot, you know, Vegas has been of late, but how they started the year. But I just felt like Carolina would get their legs under them. And it's more important how you play better towards the end of the year than you do at the start of the year. And I think that's the case when it comes to teams like the Tampa Bay Lightning mm -hmm. and Carolina Hurricanes, who, like you mentioned with the Islanders, these are game-tested, battle-ready teams. So it's going to be a war, you know, in these matchups. I think there's going to be upsets this year. I think, you know, these second-round matchups are going to be are going to be a load whoever Boston has to play. Obviously, they're going to probably likely finish first in Atlantic. And Carolina, if right. they can hold off New Jersey and Rangers late, are going to finish first in the Metro. Right. It'll be interesting who they have to match up in the second round. You know, Shesterkin and Net, that's something that they had issues with last year. And then if Toronto somehow finds a way against Tampa, one of their demons of recent years, they're going to have to play their decent their demon of the past in Boston. So a lot of matchups are setting up really well in the first round. Who knows if Boston Carolina both get out because these teams down below that we're talking about, they're, they're game ready. They are battle tested. They've been there before in the playoffs. So mm -hmm. they're not going to get a team unless it's like a Buffalo that's new to this experience. I think you're going to see upsets in the Eastern conference and it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah. Ryan, I know you, you like that Tarasenko move that the Rangers made, right? I know you were, I, you told me the other day. Yeah, I think I think the Rangers, you know, I think the Rangers will go to the Stanley Cup out of the East, honestly. But really? also, you got to remember the Devils might go for uh, Timo Meyer. There's a lot of trades that could be made. I know Patrick yep. Kane was upset; he's not going to be on the Rangers, but that could change a whole team around getting Patrick Kane or or Timo Meyer. Like some right. for someone like Carolina, that would put them over the top for me, honestly. Yeah, Carolina needs that piece, right, Ryan? They need one more offensive piece, I believe. Yeah, their defense is solid. It's just and what's offensively good, they're lacking a little bit. What's good is that even though these teams in the in Atlantic and the Metro have kind of separated from the pack, they haven't necessarily per se separated from each other just yet. You know, New York and Care and uh and I'm sorry, New York and the New Jerseys are two points away from each other. So they're definitely gonna be playing some important games, even if it's not against each other, against the Islanders, against the Penguins, against the Capitals. So to at least help us out that these games will still mean a lot for them uh, for the next, you know, 25 games or so. Same thing with Toronto and Tampa. They'll be battling for home ice. Although I don't know if Tampa will be too urgent or too really care about that. I don't think by the time they reach like game 70, they're like, okay, as long as we can get in healthy, it doesn't matter if we're at home or away. Uh, I think we're still confident in our team. So it'll be definitely for sure interesting to see these teams continue to battle one another. Like we said, I think Boston is really the only team right now that is like, all right, we we can kind of go into that. Like you said, Ryan, uh, kind of that coast. Yeah, your coast, favorite. You know, coast the rest of the season, not necessarily in a bad way, but at least consider health for the next twenty games or so uh, to make a push into the playoffs. So, and they got a young goalie like Swayman that they can give some starts to. Exactly. Might need them in the playoffs, anyways. Exactly. Exactly. And like you said, Ryan, it's an older team. Oh, yeah. And I think all those good teams at the top of the East will probably help us because I don't think teams like Detroit or Buffalo Ottawa will, will make a move this year because they're not they're not winning the cup realistically with, you know, there's there's probably six really good uh, teams in the East. So I think that'll probably hold them back from making a like a splash move. And Ryan, I know, heard up on a lot of media up here in Canada said that six top teams in the East are better than even the first team in the West yeah. this year. So. That's how deep. Uh, uh, well, in the, that, standings, but... 
in the standings, three of them, four of in them. The standings, they go all the way top, down to the Rangers. The top six teams in the in the Eastern Conference have more points than the first place team in the Western oh. Conference right now. Yeah, it's I still crazy. value Colorado and some other teams out there, maybe a Winnipeg or Dallas. But I'm just saying what people are saying. They have six teams. In Winnipeg the- sucks. I don't see Winnipeg doing shit. Hey, I don't know. I, I like that division. That Maurice that came Maurice, out too hot. Maurice's team is still over there, so. You uh, can take you can take your McJesus and I'll take the central division there. Right <laughs> All right, fine. Wait till they get we'll Carl. We'll, we'll figure some bet out, some community bet, sure. <laughs> yeah, like we said, a lot of interesting games to come up, but we're we're gonna take a short commercial break here and we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about the Florida Panthers, how we think the trade line deadline is gonna look, and some polls that we had throughout the weekend, uh, much more. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, and place the same-game parlay on any game, And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. This time of year, everyone's talking about making big changes, which is all well and good, but most of the time, pretty unrealistic. I've actually found that the smallest changes to our routine can make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be a part of a big change, if it's something you use every single day. Like my Raycons. Raycon is premium audio at a perfect price point, so you you can build great habits without breaking the bank. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low-latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party, Raycon's got you covered. And yup, Raycon started at half the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't have to choose between products. You can get one of each, or a pair, and a spare, and still pay less than what you would with some of the other guys. Even if even we know you'll love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options. Every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. My favorite things about my Raycons are that they have earbud tap functions, noise isolation, awareness mode, uh, wet, water and sweat resistant, and crystal clear call quality. Ready to buy something small with a big impact? Go to buyraycon.com THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's again, buy, B-U-Y, Raycon, R-A-Y-C-O-N, dot com, slash T-H-P-N, to score 15% off. Buy, Raycon, dot com, slash T-H-P-N, to get 15% off your purchase. So yeah, with the deadline just about three, you know, full weeks away, you know, I had a poll this today that, was asking the fans and anyone that participated, thank you for sending in your your votes and your comments. The comment was, what do the Florida Panthers need to do before the trade deadline? 
and the options were be buyers, be sellers, or you can't slash don't do anything, stay put. And from Twitter, I'll go off of first, the majority, which was 47%, had said you can't slash do anything. Um, I guess that kind of makes sense as far as people probably selecting the can't do anything option because we know that the cap positioning is 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 tight. We don't have much money or, or prospects or draft picks, to say the least, to really do anything uh, to be potential buyers in the actual trade deadline. And then the, the one that I found the most interesting from, from Twitter as well was that the actual B buyers was 25% and the B sellers was 19%. So are you guys surprised by that kind of little difference that more people right now on Twitter per se are saying be a buyer than rather being a seller? Ryan? Right. That just shows that our end base is kind of uneducated, honestly. <laughs> we can't buy. Like, like what you said, we just can't, like we, we don't have, unless we, unless we, you know, traded a bunch of pieces for a huge name. I don't think we, we really can't buy right now. So, well, we don't know that it's, context I, for until me, David, it's until just David can't do it. But Ryan, we don't know that context until Ryan kind of reads these comments. Do they mean buyers like add one or two pieces? Cause I can see that like minor, minor pieces, but we're not going to be able to have the assets of giving up first round draft picks. And we're not probably going to be trading right. away. We don't have any one bill. Right. So how can you be a buyer when you're moving different pieces out for bigger name pieces? You can say, I put like, I don't care, see the results, but I would lean towards can't do anything because of what David was alluding to, you know, where cap constraints and different things like that. But yeah, the buyer and seller, I can see those being closely linked. But what do people mean when they're saying be a buyer? Are they being unrealistic and don't understand how the cap right. works? Or are they saying add one, two small pieces? especially if things open up where maybe we're able to at the trade deadline because you're not having to pay a percentage of, of the cap like you are right now. Yeah, I would say the majority, yeah, of, the comments, needs to that cap. The majority <laughs> of the comments that came in, no one really had an explanation on how they could be buyers. Um, mm -hmm. The one comment that I have here from Instagram that comes from Zach Cohen says, anyone who says be buyers obviously knows nothing about our cap situation or draft pick situation. Doesn't make sense. And that's exactly that's exactly what you said, Ryan. And another comment from Twitter from Chris saying, if a team is willing to overpay, you have to sell. If a team is selling low, try to buy. Other than that, you can't really do much. So that's a good comment there from Chris. I agree. That if, if there's a player that a team is willing to overpay for, I think a lot of names that have been thrown out is particular Gudis. If Gudis, but I'm not going as far as Bennett or Monter. Yeah, I was going to say, say we're selling, like, say we're selling, you know, we lose the next three games. We decide we're selling. Who who would we get rid of? Bennett, you said? I'd well, say we're not. I'd say I'm not crossing over to Bennett and Monter. That's a bridge too far for me. I would trade the stalls and, and Gudis. Mm -hmm. What are you going to get for that? Right. Yeah, you're not going to get much. Yeah, we had it. Mr. Chang says, just let the season ride and get ready for next season. Uh, I think Ryan, you kind of alluded to that as well. Just uh -huh. like, well, what 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 can you do? You know, um, uh, someone here said I'd sell Gudis for like a second rounder, but that's about it. Stand pat with everything else. Do you guys think Gudis has second round value? That's optimistic. I'm not going to say it's a um, fairyland, but you know, I mean, he might have right? He's a big bruising defenseman. Ryan, teams might want to add that veteran. Yeah, teams teams overpay like we did last year. We saw. 
I mean, if if a team thinks Gudis, you know, is that not the missing piece, but will significantly help them, maybe they'll give a second, third round pick for sure. So this guy, Cody Shimon, said, you absolutely trade Gudis for a first and a prospect. He's better than Sherratt and would oh. command more. That doesn't mean it's going to happen. That's bold. Okay. That's bold. You, you would it's command bold. a first. That's that <laughs> well, would, I would like, take okay, that all day. Click, click. A lot of so, te- it only takes one team, so I'm not going to say it can't right. happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But if we're saying generally, like that's how I like to talk in spaces on this podcast, David. Generally, I don't see that happening. First and a prospect, bit of a pipe dream more than someone being optimistic saying maybe we get a that's second. That's a lot. I think realistic would be a third or a fourth. Is that what you guys feel? Realistic. Yeah, I mean, I think yes. I think you get borderline, maybe get a second form. I would be over the moon with that, to be honest. A late but, second because it's a playoff team. Right, right exactly. Maybe like a, a Minnesota or, or even maybe a Calgary, something like that. That, uh, you know, somebody that would need a big bruising defenseman. I don't know if Calgary is the right team. I just kind of saw their name and said it. But someone like that. that Edmonton, like Edmonton. The second half. Yeah, the second half of the draft um pool right now someone uh luis estopinian says stay the course lots of cap next year to pick up other d-men and more depth pieces yep. not blowing it up after a mediocre year makes exactly sense. uh esme says you need a fire the coach option <laughs> oh boy uh what else i think that was pretty much it from the comments on that poll so my personal opinion uh, I would say you got to stay the course, like you like like some of those guys said, and Ryan, you said we obviously to be buyers is nearly impossible right now. It's not impossible, but it's very difficult to kind of be big time buyers where like you bring in you can't bring in a guy like a Ryan O'Reilly or a Tarasenko or a, a Bo Horvat. There's just we don't have the pieces unless you trade. I don't want to say it, Lundell or Knight, then maybe, but I don't think that's an option right now. Oh, hot take. I don't think that's an option right now for Zito. I mean, you would agree. I don't think. And it's not like we're going to hear from Zito anytime soon. (laughs) I don't think think Lundell's on the table. Yeah, you'll hear after the deadline for sure. If if something's moved or not, if if we have – if like you trade Gudis, you're gonna have to say something that the reason why and and stuff like that. But I mean, mm-hmm. we've said it before: defense is already the mo- our weakness right now. Is defense something you can kind of be willing to move by the beginning of March, and you're still kind of in the thick of things, you know? Yeah, you know, that made kind of sense. Mm-hmm. What are you sen- sensing, like David, on your end? How, like when you're doing these polls, this is a poll that you must be giving maybe more thought to or extra thought to um, what type of move the Panthers are, can be doing. Are they buyer sellers looking at the cap um, who you'd want to be moved out? I I would think this year, David, you and I, we really try to be consistent in our thought and analysis, but it's been such a tricky and weird year where it's been hard to do that. So if someone's listening to something we said a month ago versus now, it just might not reflect on things, even though we're trying to be very like, not for anyone's, sake but just to be neutral and be like okay let this play out we saw how the team was before the christmas break how they are now people are going to look at recency bias these two bad losses on the road but everyone's opinions could change this mm-hmm. week with all these home games so where are your mindset at like with this poll to me like i said i think we're i'm staying we're staying put i don't think there's much to do if anything i would lean towards being a seller if it comes to that 
uh, before I'm a buyer type of thing. I would say just just let the let the let, let it run and whatever happens happens. But how um, far are you saying to be a seller? Like to what ex- what's your cutoff point? The players. Like, you mean players? Yeah, I mean players. Kirby. I don't. I don't. Again, I don't want to throw hypotheticals hypotheticals here. But what if what if a team like L.A. that can't get Chickering, that can't get Carlson, calls calls Florida, and it's like, listen, we'll give you. Again, I hate doing you know hypotheticals, but we'll give you a first round pick and a grade B minus B plus prospect for Brandon Montour. You know what? What do you say? What do you say? You know, are, are you willing to move it? Obviously, you're going to say no. It would come out of left field that a team like Arizona would like no, no, do that. It obviously, no, LA. Be. I said LA. Oh, LA. LA, LA. That it's, they're they're in the they're in the chicken run. They're in the yeah. the run for probably Carlson, but maybe they price themselves out. That LA is like okay, maybe a cheaper option is available that won't hurt us longer than than a, maybe a Carlson might. You know, maybe he's just how good is the prospect? LA has a lot of good prospects. I'm saying like so a B, like a B minus or like a B. panicking now. <laughs> I'm just I'm just throwing hypotheticals here because I don't think LA is looking for offense, if anything. And I think, like I said, you know, the well, what Western good does team, that do the Panthers moving forward? Not just this season, but I understand. I understand. Yeah, that's I'm the just, part I look I'm at just right. saying we don't do you, a good job with developing our prospects. What would you say? Look where Dennis Sanko was picked, right? <laughs> might not even be that level of a draft pick. I'm just, I, what would you say? No. Yes. Likely no, but I'll look at it if it's LA because I trust their prospect pool and everything. And they have like six to eight names there that could be very enticing, but mm-hmm. they're probably not going to move some of those names for Brandon Monter either. So it's kind of that point to that. And I want Monter and Bennett to likely be back on this roster, even if I have varying opinions on them, right? It would be like the Gudis and Stalls that right. I would seriously look at because oh, yeah. how big of a future do they have with this team? I see Monter has two, three, four years left in him. If people think this is his career year and he's going to he's going to tank next year, then fine. Like, of course you want to trade a guy like that, but I just don't see that being realistic and everything like that. He's a, he's a young 29, 30. We just saw a guy in Nola Chari that used to play for the Panthers. He's an old 30 and that's like a rental for the lease. And I don't see us moving guys out for other teams. And they're like, well, we're not just going to use this guy for a rental. We're going to actually keep this guy. And that would be Bennett and Monter. So we better get a good package back. If we're looking at names like that, we're going to move mm-hmm. on from. So, so when I, when you, you know, I, I've thought about this actually the last, you know, few nights and and the last few weeks. You know, you're a big Carlson hater, uh, Eric Carlson. <laughs> I, I did a tweet on that this week. If everyone saw the four players you can't stand, and I didn't want to put four Tampa Bay Lightning players, David. So that's why I put Carlson and Marner and those guys into the mix. But but what separates Carlson from Montour as far as their gameplay? Like I would think they're very similar as far as offensive and then kind of defense is it's important but you look at their analytics and they're all they're both very similar in that way that their defense is probably the their weak spot as far as you know their cards Uh, or whatever i'll tell you that you can't see from the cards or whatever i think if a game's on the line in a game six series and it's we're playing five on five hockey likelihood of carlson being on the ice versus monteur is going to be exponentially higher and when you have those type of players on the ice, you can make those mistakes at the end of the games. Like we saw with Mackenzie Weger, who is a defensive defenseman before he's an offensive defenseman. That's why we had him on the ice 
but he would make those brain fart plays that some people can argue that Eric Carlson and Brandon Monter make. Monter made one this year. I think it was against Boston, right? But that was early in the game. So you're going to see Carlson in those situations with maybe a team like the Edmonton Oilers with their season on the line in the playoffs and costing Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl a chance of winning. I'm just saying, Kirby saw Eric Stahl take two pucks away from him and score two empty netters. That was Eric Stahl. What's going to happen if oh that's boy. a Colorado Avalanche? And you're the- He's going to win the Norris Trophy, though. Like, I don't that's know. That's fine. That's Austin's fine. Different, but a different level. How much of a winner are players, which I put in my my little thing on Twitter, are Mitch Marner and Eric Carlson? What have they won? You always talk about, about like you talk about winners. Oh, what wow. have they won? I'll run with Markov and Kachuk until the sink ship sink ships. They've won nothing. Sinks. The then then sinks. what Carlson sinks thinks. Then what Carlson <laughs> and, and Marner have done. So. Again, Marner looked good last playoffs. Carlson looked good when Ottawa went to the Eastern Conference Final, but I really felt that was his peak. So just because a player does something in the regular season, Ryan, does that mean they're going to replicate that in the playoffs? You were on Barkov and Huberto about that last year, and you no, were right. Of course not. So that's the same thing that I kind of see in Carlson, and he's more apt to make mistakes than those guys are to hurt your team to lose games. I understand. I'd rather he's a guy disappear than a guy lose games for you. Okay. Because other guys can He's, he's going to finish with 100 points on the Edmonton Oilers, lifting the Stanley Cup. Oh. No, okay, okay. Hey, I had an Edmonton Oilers friend last year that I said three years ago, anytime Colorado plays Edmonton in the playoffs, I've got a live bet with you. He didn't step up to the plate last year. Kirby's got Ooh. friends in all these places. So I, <laughs> I, I had Colorado winning a cup three years ago. Guess what? People in Canada media had the Oilers winning one or two cups by now. Guess what, Ryan? They have zero. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, David. So, so when Ryan comes at us about our so, Panthers, I got this oh, ammunition for well, Jesus. And this is so tying, tying it into Ryan and his love for Barkov. It, you know, it, it doesn't upset me. He, I know, I know, he loves Barkov deep down. Uh, but he just has I, a different way of showing it. Yeah, and I had put a poll out about a week ago or six days ago that um, got about six hundred and seventy votes on. Twitter and then I think on Instagram had about another 800 and they were both very similar I think they both had the same percentages and the question was for the Florida Panthers who is the more important player for the team's overall success is it Alexander Barkov or is it Matthew Kachuk and like I said with about 1200 1300 votes Barkov edged Kachuk by about 5% Barkov at 47 Kachuk at 41, and then another 10% were just, you know, see the result. So, Kurt Ryan, we'll start with you. Would you say that All right. Barkov, in, to have, you know, is he more important piece for the Florida Panthers to make the playoffs than Kachuk is right now? Yeah, he is, because, you know, you know what you're going to get from Kachuk? I mean, if, if Barkov, like I, you know, we always say, I always say, if he's aggressive, I saw it like even against Nashville in the third period, he was ripping the puck at at, um, at the net. I mean, if he keeps doing that and stop stops being so passive, we're gonna we're gonna win a lot of games. But and until I see that, I mean, it has to be Barkov that has to step up compared to the two of them, and he's definitely more important because he plays defense as well. Kachuk, not so much. Kirby. Well, yeah, like even how much the trade-off of Kachuk and Huberto last year, Kachuk's like analytics numbers, David, look very good defensively. He looks great off across the board. I don't know, David, if this 
was the thread that I commented on yours. I believe it was mine or yours, one of them. But I, I said to people, if Barkov's playing Selkie level this year and Hart level, this team is a different team. And people were like, no, because, you know, we have issues on defense and we they don't like our head coach and all these different things. But if, if he's playing that level this year, David, and I said yesterday on Spaces, this is probably Barkov's worst season on and off the ice with everything going on, team, himself, stuff off the ice that he's had, you know, lacking control with, some things that he can't control with his pneumonia and being sick. If he's playing Kachuk level this year, this team is a beast. It's a two-headed monster. And I feel it's not that this year. Some of the things Ryan has said on Barkov this season, I cannot fight against. He's been passive, uh, not aggressive, um, not himself, like game in, game out, not even a two-way force that we're used to seeing. Loser. So I think, you know, for this team to get to the levels that this team wants them to get to, I think Barkov has to be, you know, the most important part of our team. I agree. I mean, we said the captain, he's the best player when he when he's on this game, he's the best player normally on the ice. Uh no matter what team we're playing. You know, Not everyone anymore. Well, I mean, Kachuk has said it, you know, he's the most talented player he's ever played with, and he's played with some pretty talented players in the yep. past. Why can't but... he be dry side a level, David? Pasternak, Kucherov, whatever you guys equate to being better than Barkov this year. Why can't that I'm be waiting. outside of McDavid? Why can't Barkov be second third fourth fifth best in the league every year like that should be his ceiling it's on him but i also think you know he there's also a lot of criticism i think this is his first well he had his little leg injury last year but with his illness and stuff like that even when he came back he wasn't looking like himself for about four or five games and then finally going into that all-star break he was like on a 12 or 11 or 12 game point streak the longest in his career uh, you know, going into that break. So he was showing those signs of of being, you know, the best player on the team, you know, during that stretch. And he's kind of cooled off since the break. I think he's got about three points in six games, which is, again, not the worst, but not very good right now. But have uh, those been empty calorie points this year? You guys both might no, agree on that. I would not. I would not say mm-hmm. that. I would not say mm-hmm. that. Well, Ryan says it is because I feel garbage, it is. Garbage point. I don't think so. the other I night. Mean, the, the goal against Boston was very was important. I mean, he got but assist. the goal against Nashville wasn't. He got an assist. Points. He got an assist on Reinhardt's goal to win the game in overtime. He uh, what else? He had two points against Pittsburgh. That was a shootout. I mean, yeah, against Montreal's and stuff like that. He's gonna have better nights, but but hasn't he been more impactful in past seasons, David, than this season where he's putting up the points, like going back and looking at if they're game tying points or game winning. And again, the team isn't as good as they were last year, but I'm saying it in overall scope of him and his career in Florida, I feel like some games he's showing up against the Montreal's and Detroit's, you know, Detroit's not looking too bad this year, but Columbus was another one. And then not showing up in the other games. I know he did get the game winner or or sorry, the game tying goal against Boston. But I just feel like that's been more few and far between this year. Some of the points he's been putting up have been quiet. I don't know. I guess. I mean, yeah, I guess so. I mean, if we're talking about game clutch game winning plays, I mean, he's got four game winning goals this year. He had five last year, six the season before that. So he's still Mm -hmm. on the pace to be around, you know, seven, eight game winning goals for the year. You know, as far as the clutch goals, obviously, 16 goals this year is is far behind the pace that he was at last year. Um, So you're not counting the goals. Like, David, how many times people in our Discord community, and I know people are reactive and they're reactive on spaces. 
But how many times have we seen this year? And Ryan has typed it a lot. <laughs> as much as you type the Kachuk and like, this dude is a problem, fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji. I see a lot from Ryan. Where is our captain tonight? Uh-huh. And I, I love Barkoff and Just I can't trolls. fight back on it, David, because like there's some sense of truth with it. Where has he been in moments this year? And in a lot of moments. And I love the guy. I, I, I mean, say that because everyone says, oh, he's the most underrated player in the league. He's Kachuk said he's the most talented. He's you know, he's ever played with, like, I want to see it. Like he, I, I see it some games and then some other games, he has one shot on goal, zero points. And it's like, I don't know. I think like minus- Ryan right on this, David, because I'll fight back to Ryan is I've seen that in his career, David, but I'll it fight depends, Ryan on that. But depends, this year it's been a different story. It depends what you think is as okay. Yeah. He was underrated for the longest time. I mean, he's not going to be Austin Matthews level. He's not going to be fine. Uh, you know Nathan McKinnon level. He's not okay. going to be. Okay. He's not going to be uh, Connor Why McDavid not Leon level. Why not Leon Dreisaitl? Okay, but we have to think that Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, besides those two guys. Okay, yes, this year there's a couple guys that are doing really well. I mean, they're having just crazy numbers that, like you've said, Kirby are empty point. You know, empty point. You know performances. What have they the done? The Ducks haven't been empty point, and he's right. What there. have they? What have they done more than the Panthers have done in the last four years, Edmonton? Besides, win maybe one more series. There's not been a lot that they've done outside of individual accomplishments. Right, right. But I would say, I would say that I don't think Barkov is in the top three, four, five players in the league as far as points is coming. You know, to that's play. fine. But as, as a player, as a player you would rank. Remember this year in Canada, in the States, he was ranked in the top 10 NHL player. But how often do we see these games with Connor McDavid? Oh, he's got four points, but his team's lost 5-4. Oh, he's got three points, but they... That's not on him. Okay, but, but I'm saying that as an overall player, Barkov has in his mind, he's playing penalty kill. He's playing defensive yes. zone draws. You know, So to well, me, it's a But different... he hasn't been Selkie level this year either, David. I don't think well, he'll he's also up. been he's also been sick and injured. Yes, so, like you Which said, the off yeah. the off ice issues. Sick of his baby mama, maybe have been have been a little bit more you know uh, blaring popping up yeah, stuff than the last you know few seasons. I mean, I like I said, I don't think my expectation for Barkov is to have 120 points, 125 points. No, if he can I flirt, agree. if he can flirt up at a at a point a game yep. and continue to play. You know, good defensive hockey that he's always played, and you said Kirby, it's been a little bit, you know, lackluster than in the season this year. Or, but you know, I still think he's one of the most clutch players on our team. I mean, he scored the game-winning goal in shootout against Minnesota, had a goal against Washington. You know, nice no-look goal. So I, I you know, I understand the criticism for sure on Barkov, but I just and I've said this before, I don't think he's a, he's not a McDavid guy, and he's not a Nathan McKinnon guy that's gonna, you know, yeah. he'll 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 get you up on your feet uh by via a pass or via something like that. But you know, the goals will be one and far a few as far as highlight goals. I mean, it's just gonna... that's just my expectations of him in the heart trophy. Like I don't care the points, but I like want to see him consistently in the top five, top six heart trophy players. But, and he's no right, Bergeron, that Bergeron, Bergeron Kopitar were never in that conversation for hearts. No, but never. but people have also said around the league he's got better offensive capabilities of those guys too. Right. But I yeah, just if we're think... saying he's that talented, he needs 90, 95 points every single year. I mean he's been doing that like for prime the past Jonathan four years, Kavers, right? which weren't a lot, but like that what? Level. Like I mean, it's level. not his fault. It's not his fault. The seasons have been so short. 
I don't know. Playing, he, he's been playing at a hundred point pace for the past three years. Yeah, uh-huh. this year it just feels like it's a bit of smoke and mirrors. Like it's it's the eye test and the smell test to me. That's just like this is not my Barkov. This is still my captain, David. You agree with me there? But <laughs> it's just the smell test and the eye test just hasn't been there this year for me when I've seen. And just and, like and again, think- David, people blame it on the coach and all these other things. Let's look at the player, the mm-hmm. player, what he's responsible for. People said on spaces, isn't Barkov making big money, Kirby? Isn't he the face of the franchise? I'm like, yep. They're like, well, then that's what he should be. And I'm like, I agree. So it comes down to just simple that, right? Like we've paid him. He's our captain. We need to see that not just some, not some impactful games, David, but all of them or the majority of them. And that's my expectations of him moving forward. Again, his season, we talked about night earlier. Let's hope that they rebound. And next year is a whole new story. We're not talking. Ekblad's another one we've talked about a lot. Mm -hmm. Again, if we don't have Ekblad night, Barkov playing their best hockey moving forward, what are we as a franchise? Right. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, we know that Kachuk, you know, he's been in a little bit, a little bit of a slump. I'm not gonna lie. I think he's got the same amount as Barkov, like four points in the last six, mm-hmm. which is again a little bit behind what his season average was. But you know, I'm still confident that Kachuk could reach that hundred point, you know, mark this year if he continues to play. He has and stays healthy. So, and I think just to end on that, I think our expectations on Kachuk. Chuck have been sky high because of how he's played for us. But again, at the end of the day, who should be the most important player for us? Barkov, game in, game out, week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out. Um, Kachuk doesn't put up these numbers exactly next year. I'm fine with that. I need Barkov to be himself. Ryan, who do you have more criticism on in their overall play, Barkov or Bobrovsky? Um, oh, that's a good one. Um, I know my answer. I, I would say... Oh man, I would go Barkov just because I don't know. I would go Barkov. He's the captain. He's more talented than Bobrovsky is. He's at a different uh, stage of his career. Allegedly, he's in his prime. He has, oh, you know, gosh. one one playoff series win in nine years. He's got to get got to get more than that in my opinion. Hey, 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 hey. Ryan's sitting here. Kirby, Eric Carlson has all these Norris trophies. No, I had, you guys are saying Bob about has two Vezinas too. Bob has two Vezinas. I expect Barkov to have one, two heart trophies in his career. No, he's oh. not getting a heart. Oh. I, I, I do. Think so. That's the level I've had. I've always stuck with that. You, I would put Kachuk ahead of him at this point right now. You had him in well, as that's a, fine. You can as say a that finalist last podcast, Kirby. Is, are you still on that train? Kachuk as a as yeah, a... well, there's not a lot Kirby, of guys that, that are done. for that. There's McDavid and who else? There's not a lot of guys. I said nominate. Kirby, it's done. What? He's done, Kachuk, after that little slump he had. No, he's still <laughs> this there. This is recency bias. He's this is there. everyone goes through different things. Unless you're I just no, but he's not winning it. I just don't think I'm not that... saying he's winning it. I'm saying that he'll be up for it. And I the fans just, chant right. MVP. That you know how much fans chant MVP in the NBA? You guys know this. They chanted in like so many buildings. One guy wins it. They're like MVP, LeBron, MVP, Jokic wins it. Like people are chanting MVP in different arenas. That's what Kachuk has earned this year. How impactful he has been to his team. He is MVP level and he should get votes. And when I say votes, that means second place votes, third place votes, fourth place votes, fifth place. They add all that up. And I definitely think he's in there. Whether he has a couple slow games, he can go off for four or five point night, right? I think think my top three right now would be McDavid, Pasternak, and then I'll put you. Know, I'll put Olmark in there. Two Interesting. Boxes. Wow. Yeah, I'd have McDavid, okay. Kachuk, and maybe Pastor or something like that. Yeah, but McDavid, Kachuk, Carlson, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Just, he's trolling me. He's trolling. Right, Olmark's numbers are. Crazy. If he gets a hundred plus points, then he will have those. 
recognition there. But last year, remember, it was Shesterkin, Matthews, McDavid, Yossi, and Makar, generational players, especially Makar, they say, generational defensemen. They finished outside the top three for Hart. Mm -hmm. One goalie or defense might get in there, but they did that last year with the goalie. Well, Olmark, Olmark is on, he's got a sub two goals against average and a nine, almost 940 save percentage. But is it as good as Shesterkin's numbers last year? Like across the board, everything? Right now, yes. It's, his goals against is about a tenth lower and his save percentage is about the same. Um, and the plus, analytics side of that too, the, the goals saved above. Plus expected. he's 28, four and one. So he's got a lot more. He's going to be a lot. If he's, if they keep him in the net, he's probably going to have, like six more wins than uh, Shosturkin had last year. But if they year. start to play Swayman down the stretch, that could affect right, that. Right, right, right. Sure. So it's very fluid, I'll say, this year. Versus yeah, last year, think... you had your big guns. You had Johnny Gaudreau and Huberto on a year that they had last year. They would be in it this year. Right. Yeah, I mean, I still I still think Kachuk right now is in the top five. But for him to t- creep in that top three, I think, like we've said, the Panthers are going to have to make a real push. And he's going to have to be the catalyst with Barkov pushing him right behind. So, um, obviously, a lot you know to look forward to in the next few weeks with so many home games and whatnot. Uh, you know, we've been very appreciative of all the comments and all the interactions we've had during the games and after the games. Kirby, I know you're very active in the spaces with all of you guys. Uh, very happy you guys continue to push that and have great conversations with each other. I know the Discord has been awesome and more members each and every day. Ryan popping in all the time, just gets them fired up. So Ryan, the people love Ryan in there. He's got to <laughs> pop in there more often. I'll, I'll always, pop in tomorrow during the game. I always love having Ryan around during those uh, for sure as well. Oh, please. And, what a liar. <laughs> I do. I texted him the other day. Get in Discord. They all want you in there. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I should do a better job of texting Ryan. Yeah, I'm always Sometimes Ryan comes in spaces, then leaves, and he doesn't even speak. I'm like, well, as Kirby, soon as I get Kirby, opening, Kirby, we'll right? Absolutely, yes. Kirby. Yes. I came on spaces against what? What were the last two games? Uh, it was. I remember. The, uh, it's usually Washington, losses you come by, right? Washington, Washington and Nashville. No, sorry, home game. San Jose. I I was in there at San Jose, walking out of the stadium. Trying to get a few words in, and then you went to someone else again. It's, it's oh, no, classic. No, but message Kirby. me that I would go to you right away. I was going to Cody, then going right to you, jumping past it's everyone sad. that was. Waiting. Can't even oh, go to the co-host. <laughs> I gotta go to the coast because it sounds. It's we no, Kirby Ryan. He's got other co-hosts. We're not the co-hosts. Uh, it's sick. <laughs> if Ryan wants to hang around for two, three hours, David, are you gonna hang around for that? I'll, no, you I'm guys not. can great, but my co-host, it's fine. I'm through it. I have a lot of co-hosts, right? But I, I got. I don't well, want Ryan to come in there and get everyone rattled, sent rattled, and then he leaves. People. <laughs> want to ask ryan questions they want to see ryan i forgot what time you were with your friend at the bar ryan and let you in and then you're like i'll come back you never came back that's on <laughs> me that's on me okay <laughs> so like david's i was saying pretty consistent when david's in there he does his stuff he yeah, gets I'll his hang Q&A, right and then he's like guys i gotta go to bed i'm not night owls like all you got you know got a new baby gotta get to bed got to get up in the morning but he's very consistent right i don't know when you're coming and going so it's really confusing sometimes I'll always be in quick and then pop out. But I, I was going to before I got on the turnpike or on the sawgrass. <laughs> yeah, I love we love those calls from the rink. So you and David are going to be at a lot of games together. Love to hear that. I don't know about together, but we'll be at a lot of games. Mm-hmm. I, always, I always like to see Ryan out there, but we'll see. But like we said, very appreciative of you guys sticking around and being uh, so active with us in the community on all. Instagram and everything like that. So very appreciative. Shout out to the uh, Hockey Podcast Network as always. 
for uh, always sponsoring us and hope to have you guys check out DraftKings and Raycon and get some uh, new headsets and whatnot. So shout out to them. Shout out to you, Ryan and Kirby, for another great episode we have. Hopefully the next time you hear from us, we've got some guests lined up. We'll definitely be working that throughout the week to try to get someone on the next episode. Uh, if not, you're just going to have to hear our sexy voices again uh, in the next Man. episode. <laughs> Hopefully after At least he's not talking about legs this time, just voices. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a lot. I got to mention the Boondas. I get compliments <laughs> on the voices. I got okay legs. But... <laughs> oh, well, okay. All right, we got to see that. <laughs> no Tammy. No Tammy this week. We did uh-huh. get... We did get Brandon to see our Instagram story when I tagged him, him smoking or not smoking, but smelling the what? Sm- smelling the salts during the game. Yeah. So Montour's around. Smoking Montour. on the bench. I know Montour's checking people's Instagrams out. I'm not on his Instagram creeping, but I know other people yeah, are checking. Yeah, he's 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 scooping like around. That. We've got uh, a lot of them checking out the Instagram, which is always nice to to see them checking it out. So, yeah, I like always. Thank you guys for. Listening, any reviews, comments, and stuff like that are always appreciated. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Ryan Kirby, for a great episode. Before we end, anything here quick from you guys? No. Just have some optimism and go Panthers. There's still a lot of hockey. Yeah, a lot of games for sure. Trade deadline's coming up soon. There's going to be a lot of rumblings and stuff like that. So make sure you check out all of our social medias. And if not, uh, we hope you you guys enjoy this episode. Until next time, as always, go Panthers. Cats are beating the Ducks 5-1. 5-1, I'm going 4-2. See you guys. Okay. See ya.